what we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to the Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to all of you amazing humans out there, the creators, entrepreneurs, hustlers, artists, CEOs, innovators, higher conscious-minded people, new conscious-minded people. It doesn't really matter. Just the fact that is that you guys usually believe in doing something different. You're usually drawing outside the lines, as I always say, or kind of painting your own picture, and you're not always understood. <clears throat> That's okay. I get you, we get you, my guests get you, we're all just like you. And you know, we're we're very much about the pursuit of our truth, right? And um, I think that's really what we're here to do anyways. Actually, I know that's what we're really here to do. So, uh, you know, every week I bring on these amazing guests as well. And we talk about like, what are we experiencing in real time? What are they experiencing in real time? Because you guys know, I do not like glamorizing and glorifying and success. I will say that a million times if I have to, um, because what does arriving look like? Like we're all different and where are you trying to arrive to? <laughs> it's about the process and what we're learning about ourselves in that process and how we're just elevating throughout that and what we're doing with impact um, with the things that we believe in. And I want to show you that everybody's the same going through similar things, just in a different capacity and for doing something they really believe in. So I'm very grateful to be doing what I'm doing. For all of the newer listeners, because I know we keep getting more each week, I appreciate you guys for being here. Um, it means a lot to me. Um, the older listeners know you can reach out to me at any time at Matt Gottesman on Instagram if you want to get in the conversation about the intersection of creativity and culture and entrepreneurship. That's HDF Magazine. And of course, you can follow along at Hustle Sold separately as well on Insta. But you guys know I answer each and every single text, DM, reply on the wall, everything eight years straight. Don't miss a day. Don't miss a response. Maybe, okay, well, maybe, maybe one response. If I, somebody tested me on that one, it's just like, it took you three days, but I, I appreciate each and every one of you guys. It means a lot to me. Um, and all the love that you guys have been showing the podcast and we continue to keep growing into millions. And I, I'm just grateful. Um, I have another amazing guest. The minute I found out, or I was just telling her this, the minute I found out about her, I'm like, you, you need to be on this podcast and, uh, right away. You guys know how I take that. Um, you know, very seriously about just really great character, hardworking, you know, um, vibey people. <laughs> and Larea Gaston is no different. She's the founder of Lunch on Me and Larea's Bodega. And we are going to be talking about love without reason, which is a very big topic for me right now. It has been for a while. Um, doing things from your heart, your actual heart, and that place is your truth. When you get hurt, that is your ego. When you have expectations, those are lower chakras, lower elo, other things. You cannot lose when you love, period, end of story. We need that more than ever, especially right now. And you're seeing a lot of this in the transformative state with what everybody's dealing with. So, you know, um, and she's got this idea, which I believe in too. I do a morning and, and, and evening, which is every day we should be reflecting and asking ourselves, how can we do our part every day? How are we showing up? right? Because our greatest self pours over in everybody else. That's all we're here to do. Our responsibility is ourself. So we're going to be talking a lot about that. And I just want to give you her background real quick because she's just a phenomenal human being. And if you don't follow her, just, just 
before you even listen to the rest of the podcast, just go check out her stuff online right away. Um, Lorea Gaston, and she's the founder of Lunch on Me, as I mentioned. It's a nonprofit organization constructing greater change in the fight against starvation. Um, by redirecting food waste, she's able to provide organic, healthy meals to the homeless community on Skid Row and other parts of L.A. Already, that's a lot of work. Lorea's efforts lead her to, uh, led her to uh, open Lorea's Bodega, which is the first organic 99-cent bodega in Los Angeles, serving affordable, high-quality meals, offering employment for the homeless and fostering youth for low-income families. And as the founder of the Los Angeles-based organization, Lunch on Me, she also champions a mission of love without reason to help feed the city's enormous homeless population with organic meals, as I mentioned. And um, it's really just providing a lot of fresh food. Its volunteers give homeless individuals and even um, scarcer resource love. You know, that's something that um, is greatly needed, especially, you know, from a mindset perspective, from a, um, a caring and support perspective. And uh, she takes uh, healing modalities that have served her, you know, crystals and Reiki uh, and others, you know, and gives them out alongside hot meals. She makes it a point to remember her participants' birthdays and ask about their health. She's treating them like human beings because they are. That's what her and I were just talking about because um, we are all here helping each other if you guys get this, you know. And she sees it uh, in her organization's overall mission is not to just end hunger but to enrich the mind, body, and spirit, Right. And her work can be found, she's been everywhere, Los Angeles Times, New York Times, BuzzFeed, Mind, Body, Green, Hustle Sold Separately, uh, and been, on scene, <laughs> been seen on ABC's talk show, Good Morning America, uh, and then the massive, massive, awesome podcast, Hustle Sold Separately. <laughs> so, no, we're, we're, we're great. I'm grateful. Uh, Lorea, thank you so much. Like, your background is incredible. I told you that before the show. It means a lot oh for me to, for you to be on the show. Thank you. I mean, that just intro, I'm like, okay, I guess we're going home now. <laughs> like, this is quite an intro. So thank you. Um, yeah, thank you for having me and just uh, spreading love because I feel like every time I get to speak about what we're doing in our mission, I get to return us back to love. Yes. And that's so vital to me. So thank you for having me. No, absolutely. Um, and and I appreciate you. And, and we're going to dive into all of that. Um, I want, I told you before the show, I would love for you to, to tell everybody, like, how do we get here? Because um, I want people to kind of get the context of like, hey, here's what, and you can go as far back as you want, but here's what I was doing and here's what, how it came about. And I transitioned some areas in life and got here. I, wh whatever the journey is, we would love to hear the story. I mean, I've been an art kid my entire life. So I feel like my, my life started with art. It started with creating. It started with um, what I've always noticed. I feel like there's obviously different types of artists. I feel like everything I had done or created, I always tried to make a better version of it, whether I was drawing and I and my subject. I always tried to make the best version of it. And um, it started as I started as an art kid from dance, music, any all things art, performance art. And I just thought that would always be my life was um, only art. Um, I started feeding the homeless community when I was 14 years old. My uncle owned a restaurant and I was taking food that was supposed to be thrown away. That was perfectly good food, food that I was taking home every night. Um, but I couldn't take it all home because that's how much food is wasted. And I was uh, I started giving it to the homeless community then. Um, so I definitely feel like that 14 year old experience, saving food, seeing mm -hmm. food waste at a young age from the back end of a restaurant. I realized um, so much food can be given away. Like basically what we waste could solve our problems. Um, so I, I think that even from 14, 
my endeavors now seemed very tangible. And um, I thought I would always just do art, but then I really realized no matter how much I created, um, when I got into the industry specifically, I didn't feel fulfilled. Art didn't look the same to me because I realized what I was really doing was nurturing things that I was a part of. It wasn't really just creating and it didn't come from the ego. It truly came from the heart. Like I just love to express and be understood. Um, and then, I mean, LA, I came to LA to design clothing. Hmm. I had been here before because of the industry. Like I did music videos, I was a professional dancer. Um, I had a background just in, in Hollywood period. And when I had seen Skid Row, honestly, that's when I fell in love with LA because I had seen real people, grounded people, loving people that just needed a chance. And that was the first time I found a group of people, a community that I just adored. It was just real. You know, even though the circumstances were devastating, like it's devastating to see a city with so much wealth and to see that level of poverty. Mm. You just know that it's it, that doesn't happen when people are cared for. Mm. So it kind of gives you an idea of like what, you know, what Ellie has been. You don't go to the self-made millionaire. You go to the person who's hurting the most. No. Wow. And so. Oh, so what'd you say? No, I was, I was about to I was about to say something and I stopped myself. I'm like, no, please keep going. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, okay. So, um, yeah, I fell in love with the community. And um, so I, it was all about like, you know, I don't have much. Like when I started, it was like, I didn't have much, but I don't, I wasn't even concerned with what I didn't have. I was concerned with the fact that I could do something. Mm. And I feel like I never um, had the mindset that my resources restricted me from helping and be proactive. I felt like I would be creative. So to me, it was strategy and soul. Just like I'm creative in art, I decided to be creative in my giving and my loving and my contributions. When you have less, you have to be more creative. Um, so I learned, you know, when you don't have enough to feed everyone, you give them half your meal. And I feel like that had always been my concept. Like I would always give. I felt like no matter what, no matter how much I didn't have, I always had something to give. And um, I just wanted to help the community. So that's what I started talking about. I always, I was just talking about this the other day, my first event literally i had like over 120 people come probably 50 or 60 of them were models because i was in the industry that's all i knew you know i knew entertainment i knew that i knew art and our first event was models being role models <laughs> like literally mm. and i just realized it took over my life seeing people and being able to love on them and skid row it was like i didn't want to go anywhere and as time goes i'm like i don't even as much as i love art this fills me up differently. So I have to find the art within it because that filled me up. Helping people, being able to contribute to life. I feel like sometimes problems are so large that you can get overwhelmed and feel like you can't contribute, you can't help, you can't change things. And I feel like if you go from a creative standpoint, you can always do something. No, nothing has to go undone. You figure it out. And I think that I allowed that to be my challenge and my fire to figure out how can I help people more? And I think in return, I was given the gift of gratitude. I mean, I feel like gratitude is a byproduct of service. I don't think it comes from a journal or a tattoo, you know? Mm. And I learned that. I learned that when I was out there helping people, you know, giving um, of myself. And it just took over. Like when I tell you, it's like when an artist, I feel like when an artist just falls in love with something, <laughs> it just becomes their obsession yes. and for me it was like 
I can help. And I think that I was, I don't know if I was radical, if I was just a visionary and saw that I could solve the problem. But to me, it didn't seem like it was hard. I think it just required um, dedication. As does and it, I was, as does, huh? every, as does everything that, that, yeah. you know. So I, I, I looked at it from that space, but I think that in hindsight, like where we are now, I, I didn't even think about where we were. I didn't even think about getting the 10,000 free meals a month. I would, I would, when I started, I could barely feed myself, <laughs> but mm. I just, I had the drive and I just looked up and I just felt like, um, infinite forces from like just being unwilling to yield and just just go. I I mean it didn't matter. Like I would go to Skid Row for the first year. Um, the first grocery store that gave me a chance uh, to recover their food. I had to go there at eleven to midnight every night and um, six days a week. And so for the first almost two years, we were serving food at two three in the morning. Mm. Wow. So. I'm huh uh, it, it, no <laughs> it's 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 beautiful what you said i mean you're 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 totally proven too that like you know you said um you know i wasn't you said i wasn't concerned with what i didn't have i was concerned with what i could do i thought that was really beautiful when you said that and it's like i think a lot of people get stuck when they think about well who am i look look at where i'm at and i'm like you don't understand it has nothing to do with that just mm -hmm. just move just move and 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 do from that place that's coming from a very deep source and you'll be fine. Like, and, and you're a testament to that. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I definitely think it, it definitely, if we looked at my resume and resources, <laughs> painting wasn't <laughs> going to get people fed, you know, but I definitely feel that it was my, my willingness. Like I, I was willing to share. I was willing to give, I mean, I, I remember our first event. I really didn't even think about like fundraisers. I didn't even, I wasn't in the nonprofit world. All I thought was, oh my God, we're feeding 500 people. I'm paying for it. I'm figuring it out. And that's what we ended up doing for our like, first event. But it was just in that space of it can get done. It's possible. And I think that if you stay in that mindset that no, no, it's possible, then you don't defeat yourself before you even start. True. You know, you encourage yourself to do it. And for me, it was like, I was excited. I was excited because I know what it's like to go without food. I know what it's like to live in my car. I know what it's like to not have any money and walk into a grocery store, eat and be like, Oh, I'm not stealing. Cause it's in my belly. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know what it's, I know what it's like to be in spaces where resources are minimum and you have to make do with what you have. And I just know like just the level of gratefulness. So being there, I, it's so easy for me to connect because I experienced those things. I know what it's like. And of course there's levels to poverty. Like Skid Row is a whole nother level. I've never had never been in a tent outside of me being in a tent for 43 days, you know? Yeah. For my own project. But outside of that, I've never been in a tent. Thank God I've been homeless in a car, you know? And so things like that. I call it like there's like obviously I, it was upgraded homeless, even though I still didn't have a place to stay. Mm. And um, but I know what it's like. And I also know what it's like to be given a chance. And I feel like that was always in the back of my mind is I know what it's like to have nothing. And I know when you're given a chance, when you have nothing and you believe in yourself, I mean, the sky's the limits, like you will take off.
When I, you will I, see that opportunity, huh? I feel like that's the magic, though, like because that's where the, the, the true empathy comes from and the love comes from. It's like, I know you. I was you. In a lot of ways, I'm still you. I'm just. Oh, I, I'm, oh yeah, I you, was. You know? Oh, when I tell you I was, I was, I was, I was because, I mean, I didn't know where my next real money was coming from. It was always a hustle for me. All I knew is, you know, I, I always had to do it for myself. I wasn't just like a regular nine to five person. Like that's not a thing for me. But I also know that like I can go without food and I survive. So being a survivalist, like you get to a point where it's like you start to weigh out what's most important. And when your fears come true, like not having stability, not having those things, and you don't have anything to lose, you put everything on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. What, it's interesting what kicks in when when you have nothing left to lose, especially if you lost it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're... Yeah, or if you never had it to begin with, didn't you know, have much true to too. lose, didn't really have anything. And I feel like that was my end where it was like, uh, you don't really, you know, you're not really hoarding anything. So yeah, right. Like, get it, get it and go. <laughs> so I felt like that, that was kind of my mentality. And it was the fact that like, I love the community. Like Skid Row, I, it's hard for me to stay away when I have to do other things because it just, it fuels me because I see just such resilience. Like I'm so inspired by the community because they've been crushed, hurt, disappointed, and still they show up for life. Mm. and I, yeah i mean i'm i'm obsessed with them those are my boos do do you, i mean i can only imagine like you grow with them too like you're probably oh my god because I, I, I wanted to ask you about that like do you see you know it's you're de- you've developed these relationships so it's like over time not just knowing about their story but also how from your interaction and from what you're doing and from, and from you know the relationship growing you've probably also seen them change a bit too right Oh my God. Like we changed together. Yeah. There you go. Um, I, if, if I have to, if I have to put it in words, I feel like I gave them hope and I feel like they transmuted my anger into love, wow. my anger with the world for sure. And I feel like I restored their hope that there are good people. And um, yes. Oh my God. Change. It, 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 and I always, I, there's a moment that I always think about, because I feel like half my mentors, when they talk about it, I'm like, my mentors live on the streets, like the ghetto gurus. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but no, really, though. I know. I remember this man. So like before, I don't know if I'm a, I don't know if you guys talk politics, but um, before all that happened, I basically because of Skid Row, I had a really hard time with Trump. Like that was a really hard one for me because I felt like that was a completely opposite message of what I believed in when it came to like unity and love. And so I was really upset at him, <laughs> like very upset. And I remember Montgomery, which is one of our street family. Um, one day we we were all have, we were literally in a huddle <laughs> like talking, and I'm I'm expressing myself about Trump because I'm very angry at this at this day. And Montgomery looks at me and says. Um, and this was over a year ago, but he says to me, uh, don't be mad at that man. Don't hold hate in your heart for him. And he says to me sometimes, he says, don't worry, God uses everyone. And sometimes yeah. they use a fool to wake up a nation. Yeah. Yeah. And it completely, like, they have shown me, like, I don't even have to be angry ever. Yeah. Like, as much, because, I, you know, you get upset, you go into the world when you're in two different worlds and, like, you go into the world, you're like, you guys have so much you won't share. And they would literally sit there and suffer and be like, it's okay. Hmm. He's right. It's, 
He's right, by the way, as you know. <laughs> oh, of course. I mean, fast forward, of course, a whole prophecy. But, but, right, right. But, <laughs> <laughs> literally. Um, but there's so many moments like that where, you know, like, being in both spaces, I live in two worlds, right? I live in this r- extremely privileged world. And I live in this space where I always say that, like, God sends his prophets to skid roll for training. Mm. Um, and I say that. And when I think of, I mean, obviously, everyone has a different idea of what, like, God looks like. I don't think it's like white Jesus in the sky or anything, but just the idea of something like higher for me is like just yeah. being connected to this highest form of existence. Yeah. That's all encompassing that I feel like is the maker of everything, you know, in this universe and beyond. But um, when right. I say that, not even just in the religious context, but in the space of like something divine, I just, oh my God, like they are the most divine and forgotten people like if people could see like it is it is a privilege to be in that space because the perspective you gain to watch people suffer well you take stock on your own privileges really quickly and you you know you check yourself i mean just existing in that space it's a whole it's a it's a, a deep level of groundedness that you have to have to observe to look where it hurts when you can look at people who live in poverty and who are completely unloved because you can't get to that space with society being on your side. Um, but to see them get up and show up and dance and laugh and, and have joy and I bring them food and you, you know, I remember one time I, I gave someone a beer for their birthday. And to me, I, that's a whole nother thing, but we definitely do birthday beers. And, um, I gave one of my boys a beer for his birthday and you would have thought I got him bottle service. I gave him one beer (laughs) and the way the joy he had, the way he explained it because he's, he um, has a Walker and he was like telling uh, the guys on our, uh, one of the skid roadblocks, he was like, they had to walk me to my tent because that beer had me gone. (laughs) And I was just like, you know, we were in the club having bottle service. He sat in my car and had a beer and we talked in the air conditioning Mm. And that moment, just to see that type of gratitude where everyone on, on the block was like, you guys celebrated Tony's birthday? And it was just this moment of like, just such simplicity and the gratefulness. It's like, wow, like they got it right. That That's it though. That that's That's the part I think sometimes people miss is that like, it's because it's that simple. There's there's happiness and peace in that. It, it's not, I'll consume this and then I'll get happy. It's what joy I feel for such simple pleasures, which is really what it's all about. Most people I have found most people in this world, including my former self, <laughs> um, <laughs> ch- you know, we, we go for through transformation, but like we chase not realizing that peace and freedom and love and kindness, they're all like, that's really what we're after. We thinking outside worlds and validations or accolades or titles or whatever, anything or other people's thoughts will make that and it's a fr- they're all feelings they're free they're internal and we can start them immediately and that's that's we all want peace is really what we really strive for we want freedom but it's already inside and i think those simple pleasures like tony's birthday is like a perfect is a perfect <laughs> example of like this is a good moment this is life thank you and in gratitude and it doesn't take much to make somebody happy um at all 
even though I think the world gets a little fast paced sometimes and, you know, uh, and, and, and can lose sight of that. I, I tell you, and by the way, you're also, you're in good company here with the whole divinity and universal source creation, God within God, like self, all that. <laughs> there's a, this is a good, yeah. this is a, this is a safe space for all of that. Like we, we go way beyond where, where limits sometimes are placed in society. We go, we go way beyond that. So, uh, yeah, agreed. I try, you know, I just, I can't help like, uh, we like it woo-woo because it's like <laughs> my, just my experiences, my walk. I've seen too many, too many unearthly things to yes. deny it. You know, it's really hard to, to act like it doesn't exist. It's, it's as real as it gets. Mm. Yeah. I've seen, yeah. Yeah. I do. I, you know, as uh, I share with some people and I have sometimes have to show them that they don't believe that the unearthly exists. And uh, like I, I, my father passed last year and he's like my mentor, my friend, my, my, he's my father. I love that man. And, um, yeah. I, I connect and talk with him every day. I remember after a, a very heavy, um, breath work meditation I did and I uh, spoke with him 20 minutes later, I received a phone call from him. I had to take a screenshot because the physical plane earth here would be like, what do you mean he talks to you? I'm like, oh, here, if you really want, like, I, I missed the call, but I took a screenshot of it, you know? Uh, uh -huh. and people were like, how's that possible? I'm like, you tell me. <laughs> you know, I was like, There's like more. it was his, it was his number. Yeah, it was him calling. Like I just I missed. Oh yeah. Oh no no, that's real. My, yeah, that's my, it, that's real. I know. My grandmother that raised me, yeah. um, she passed away three years ago. Yeah. Um, and no, I've had. I yeah. mean, <laughs> some of the experience you're talking about. Yeah, it's very ooh, real. I I've had them. I understand. Like yeah. no, that's a hundred percent. Yeah. Because I, yeah, I mean, there's a there's an old saying in the Louisiana that. When people are transitioning, they're going to the thin places. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so they make it where it's kind of, it's, it might be still on this realm. You know, it's like, yeah. Just because we can't see it doesn't mean they're not right next to us. They can do more on the other side for us than they can in their physical bodies. Oh, 120%. I've seen it. 120%. I've seen it. I feel that. I like, feel it every day. It's crazy. It's cool, too, because you're like, there's your intuition, your, your, the, the voice you have inside of you that's your, your soul's into it, you know, your soul talking to you. And then it's interesting. Somebody asked me, like, how do you know? I'm like, because his soul sounds different than my soul, and I can hear him in my ear. It's a. It's oh a, my God, yes. You know what I mean? The first time I heard my mother, my grandma, me speak, the first time I heard her, I had a breakdown because it was her voice. Yeah. <laughs> and usually, like, I've always heard, like, God's voice. I've always heard um, very clear, precise direction. Like, my, yeah. my, 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 my groundedness, like, meditation game strong. Yes. But yes. when I heard her voice and it was separate from God's voice, I was trembling. Yeah. Like, I, I'm telling you, I had a baby breakdown <laughs> because I did not, I've always only heard God's voice in that way. But to hear her, I knew. I was like, oh, my God, my heart sank. I was like, this is crazy. So, no, I 100%. Of course, those guides. And I think that's the thing you find out, too. I think what's interesting is their position in your life from, like, more of the spiritual space mm -hmm. is revealed in their death. Yeah. You start to, like, really understand their entire assignment with you. Yes. Yes. You know, yeah, it was interesting in that, in that uh, breathwork meditation I had done. It, it was interesting. He was like basically the the download was hey you don't know this so i'm gonna break it down for you the contract you made with me before you came in choosing me specifically as your father why here's the breakdown of what happened during our time together and here's what's actually happening now it was the most insane transformative um out-of-body experience i had during that's probably a, another conversation but like but it was very it was very profound because it was like it was all broken down and i could actually see all the dots everything was connected it was like wait you know what it all 
everything made sense basically yeah. so you know it's it's quite 100%. exciting yeah that it's funny you said that my uh grandmother would always laugh at me and say you're such a strange child because <laughs> i would always like have like visions and prophecies they would always come to pass i'd be like this is gonna happen like i'd always tell her to choose the one person i would share these things with even when i was feeding the homeless community i didn't tell anyone for 10 years and she was the person i had told when i was 14 15 when i encountered the first person who was experiencing homelessness but it was interesting because she would always say that like she would laugh scratch her head because um she was more simple i was a very complex thinker and uh what the first thing she said when she passed away she actually told a friend of mine that was a medium that uh, I wasn't ready to hear her voice. And she told him that she's not ready for this part, but can you give her this message? Mm. And she was like, tell her strange child. I finally understand who you are. You know, and it's one of those, like, no, no one knows that because it's such a like quiet, intimate thing. And right. my friend called me to deliver the message. I was like, like I knew it was the fact. And it was just like, it was funny. Cause it's like, yeah, they get a whole nother preview. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. Well, it's very limitless on the other side. There's not, yes. it's not the the body and the mind and the brain that are you know operating. Here. Like we're fortunate, you know. There's fate and free will. We have, you know, we have this body, and then we have the soul. And the soul is the GPS. The body is what moves, you know, the soul. But if they're not working together, which, as evidence shows, for many years, <laughs> that, that yeah. they're not always working together. You know, can you imagine? It's like. It's, I know, it's like probably saying, how many times do I have to redirect you? Like right, right. Like, I'm trying, man. You know, every man. time you're supposed to turn left, it's like, damn it. <laughs> I feel like yeah. the soul is constantly like they're doing the face palm, you know, like, oh, yes. I keep giving <laughs> it to you so, so clearly and you just keep making these different choices that I don't <laughs> want for you. <laughs> I know, I yeah. can't do that a day. I'm like, that's the one part I was like, yeah, no. Everything that, like, I could feel it. It's one of those, like, ugh, down to my fingertips. I know it's a resonance. It's an energy. I know when I know when to go left and right. Every yeah. time. Like, it's weird. It's, I yeah, you get to a place, and, and, and maybe the street fam helped me with that. But, like, you just get to a place where you know. Well, you wake up, and you know what yeah. your day should be. Yeah. And you can, you can sleep, and you're, like, your soul is, like, patting you to sleep. Like, you did great, kid. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I do like what you said earlier. I, I, I agree. I feel like they are prophets. They are messengers, um, you know, especially I, I even think probably I'm sure for sure on Skid Row. Like I've noticed that they they have this way of saying things. You're like, wait, what did you just say? Like that's just so mm -hmm. profound and so. Like, yeah. And like angelic, like you're like, wait, what? You know, like you, oh, you feel like, you know, you're talking to God, basically. You're like, no, 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 you yeah. are. I always that was like my number one thing. Um, and it's funny because that's what I told my mother, who was a huge, like, like avid church goer. And um, the two places I ever experienced God was through my mother's love and through service. Mm. The, the times that I've had biblical experiences have come when I'm on the streets with angels. I swear to God, that's when I'm like, it took like when I started serving is when even the Bible made sense to me. And I grew up in the church, but God wasn't there. I did not find God in those spaces. I was like, this is not what I'm connecting with when I leave this place. Like it's something different. And when I got to Skid Row, I had seen angels. I have, and to the point where people were like, you're a little woo. -woo. I'm like, no, no, no. Like a man disappeared in front of me. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, Alice right. didn't 
No, yeah. like literally the first the wow. first man I ever read was an angel. And that's when I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, wait. <laughs> I was like 14. Like, maybe I need to crack this Bible open. Like, something's going on <laughs> because this man just disappeared in front of me. Mm. And I could tell he was like, you, and it's weird because every time it's been an angel encounter, they say the same thing to me. Mm. And so that's why I know I'm like, whoa, how can I have been in all these different cities, all these places, hundreds of people. And these few people say the same thing to me. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, the first time I ever really encountered something like that, I, I, I didn't have my Bible. I, I had my rabbi and I went to my, I went to my parents rabbi and I'm like, <laughs> I'm not crazy, right? And he's like, no, you're not crazy. And that was cool, you know? <laughs> so it was cool that I was like, oh, well, are we going to talk spirituality? What's up? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, yeah. He's like, there's a, bigger, there's, a, there's a bigger game going on than you realize. And when you start to play from that space um, and you are, you know, in love, in your, in your heart, working from you in your heart and in of service, that's where you will know and understand everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, you put it very eloquently. That's exactly it, you know. Wow. And so with the bodega, how did you start Larea's bodega? Well, it was a very radical decision. Um, I mean, it's impulsive. So basically all the decisions I've made, every program we've had, I've gotten a vision of it first. And um, for about six months, I was like, and it was weird because I wasn't sure what it was, but we are, you know, we distribute 10,000 free meals a month. We throw healing parties. We do so much for the community. And um, every year I do a couple like kids events, you know, like I sponsor kids to go to school, things like that. But I just, I was really thinking about children that aren't homeless, but they go home to like empty fridges. And I was thinking about single moms and I was thinking about not just like the black and white homeless verse house but what about everyone in between mm. that can't afford healthy food that can't afford access you know that wouldn't necessarily be on skid row in a line getting food from us and um when i decided to do it it was one of these weird things that happened where i was um i like had two realtors looking up spaces Everything that they showed me was not the vision I had seen because I'd seen myself in the space. And long story short, <laughs> I found it in like less than 24 hours and had the keys in like five hours from seeing the place. Mm. It was a really like divine thing that happened. Um, how I got the space, I ended up opening in three weeks. But honestly, I sat in med- meditation and I asked like spirit to guide me what this would be. And I didn't know. So it was weird because the most interesting part that happened well, multiple things happened, but I'm as I'm like getting this place ready, it's empty. One day, um, a homeless guy from the neighborhood, um, which is K-Town, Westlake, where the bodega is, um, it was just, I felt like it was a prophecy for me. And I was sitting there trying to figure out what it would be. And it was interesting because a guy came in and he's going blind. His name is Oscar. He's in the area. We feed him every day now. But um he's he's slowly going blind and i was in the middle of cleaning like the empty space getting it ready to bring in furniture and he go he like he's like hello and he like comes in and i'm like hey and he looks and he like can barely see but he's like what is this place is it a temple oh wow and it's the first thing he says to me and i was like i mean there will be food here (laughs) 
Because <laughs> I didn't even know how to say, but I was like, and then another man came one day and it's like right when we got the tables and it was very interesting because he walked in and like everyone like that walks in literally stops at the door. It's just weird. Like they're like, and I, I don't know if I can't feel it because it's an extension of me, but they're like, <laughs> like they stare at the walls and they're like, um, the energy of this place, like everyone, it's really crazy to the point where people have asked, was this a church before? Mm. And mm. he comes in and I'm like, I'm like, sorry. Cause like, I always like, I kind of joked about it. And I was like, sorry, it's probably like a little mirage because you're like, wait, is this a grocery store? <laughs> and he goes, this isn't a mirage. He's like, this is Oasis. He's like, people will come here to drink water when the world leaves them dry. Ooh. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> thought I was just making some snacks <laughs> noted <laughs> so that that happened and these these moments have happened um since but what I've learned is especially in the state of the world right now it it's a safe haven mm. um and it's a place when can, people can be nourished and the idea you know the tool the the medium was really healthy organic food for the community um making sure that everyone had a chance and I just thought about like, how did I grow up? What, what did, what did uh, my price point look like? And for me, it was like 99 cent stores are so important for people who do not have access to money, to things. More food is, is sold in 99 cent store than grocery stores. Right. So in my head, it was like, okay, this is not like, how do I, you know, you know, I, I work with like vegan high-end brands, um, really high like it's i mean it's such a juxtaposition because i do work with brands that are beyond even most of middle class you know mm-hmm. and um for me it was like you know what i have to to create like strategy and soul you know like i have to figure out how this works like how i can make this accessible and i really started going after these brands and i think it was more of accountability and i think it's beautiful now because this cla- uh, last couple of weeks, it's been like black is trending. So now everything I've said like, two years ago, a year ago, it's like, I told you so. Yeah. Like the importance of supporting community, people putting their money where their mouth is. And for me, it was like, I was like kind of bullying brands, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Good for you. Because for me, it was like, I was like, I was bullying brands. I was making people cry because, and I felt like you wouldn't cry if it wasn't real. Yeah. And for me, it was like, don't tell me you're making things accessible. Just say you're commercializing them. Right. And that's how, that was my approach. My approach was don't tell me, oh my God, like wellness is now accessible. It's not accessible. And so I was fighting and I was, I think that for me, I was being a voice for people who don't have, I was being that bridge where it's like, yes, I live in both worlds. Yes, I understand privilege, but that is not my roots. Like that isn't my roots. And no one can talk about it better than me. I know because I, that's my place. And everyone tries to talk about these spaces they've never been. Well, and it's like, yes, you can go to school, you can cheat education, you can't cheat experience. No, at all, not at all. And yeah, you know, like I like how you distinguish between that wasn't your route, but even in privilege, you know how to be responsible with it to pass on what you, you that experience and yeah, help, help another human because being. I, my gain isn't, for me, my gain isn't wealth. My gain isn't to have to hoard. My gain right. is to collect and distribute. Well, that's and, it. And, you know, that's what I want. Like, I don't. I. 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 I'm happy with with a very simple life. 
I'm so happy with that. Like I have so much peace in knowing yes. that I'm able to do things that I, there were times I wish I could and didn't have. Now I'm in a space where I can actually create magic. And so for me, it wasn't, it's still like, there's still no gain of, I have to have this money to hoard. Like, no, I want to give. And all it does is allow me to reach more and more people because that's what I feel like. I feel more of like just a, a, a bridge to bring more things, you know, like a modern day Robin yeah. Hood. Yeah. But that's like my, my, my focus. So when I was going to these brands, I was like, there's no more talking to you. Nice. Like nice doesn't cut it. Like people are hungry on the streets. You guys are throwing away 40% of your food. Like what's up? Like this isn't sustainable, you know? And, and really like calling out just brands and, and really saying poor people are the problem. It's people with so many resources that they waste. Like eco-friendly is not a new concept. If you're from the hood, you use everything through two and three times. Like, Truth. It's not a, you know, so it's like, I don't know how you grew up, but what, you know, red cups were, were, were silverware, like were dishes, like what? So I didn't grow up where we could be wasteful. So it's, it's like me really telling this, this, uh, these corporations, no, like this isn't it. And I, and, and my whole thing was, if you support us, we'll let people know. If you don't, we'll let people know. Because I felt like I was really calling people on their bluff. Do not tell me you want to help the community and you want to do things if you're not helping the community. Dropping stuff out at a food bank where it sits in storages is not distributing. Like, I really had to call things out. All this food, why are people going hungry if 40% of food never hits a table mm -hmm. in America? Like, mm -hmm. more food is going wasted than they are hungry. Like, yep. it does not make sense. And so for me, I was, like, making it very specific. If there's bad food going bad, there's good food going bad. Give me all the good food. Yep. And that was my fight. And my fight was, I don't know how these shelves are going to be stocked, but I know I will talk to every single brand and say, and so like for us, I always call like the bodega. It's almost, I always say it's like, I'm like the goodwill of food. Mm. Well, so, I, huh? I just, well, the, the cool thing is, is like, there was such juxtaposition between you and the brands because you're coming already from an entirely different place, let alone are you solving one of their problems, by the way, <laughs> you know what I mean, with waste, but um, which is, I'm sure, how they probably, you know, were able to um, come uh, more onto your side, you know, was first, oh, she can solve a problem. And then I was like, wait a minute, we're actually doing something good. Like, yeah, you're actually doing something good. But the juxtaposition being that you're not in it about wealth, you're in it about impact and actually yeah. being what you are saying and doing and being of service which yeah. will have weight and the funny thing is is like being that way I, I sometimes in order to get brands sometimes that i've dealt with in the past like to understand that i'm like you do realize and I'm, I'm like in order to be able to speak your language just because i love business like you actually would be more profitable loving and giving a shit and being you know <laughs> like you, you i was like yeah. since i have to talk profit with you first I was like, but at the end of the day, doing the right thing actually is the right thing. And it will, like conscious capitalism, it will, yeah. you're, it's more sustainable. And actually conscious capitalism has even shown, there's a lot of reports um, from all the different organizations around the country that show conscious capitalistic um, uh, organizations 
high retention of employees, higher retention of customers, higher like health, less stress, higher profitability, more giving, more you know, it's like more of service. The the numbers are yeah. are huge. So Well, see, I I didn't like well, so like when I think about the first approach I had, which was uh Whole Foods, I went to their number one store in the nation and I walked in and asked for their GM and I didn't even know like to be honest, I I was not I think, and this was to, like, to me, like, and I get the conscious capitalism and all those things. I didn't come from that place. I came from the place, like, what's up with your heart? Yeah. Like, and yeah. That was personally, like, I get, like, capitalism, all that, but on a vibrational level, if Mother Nature is pissed at us and we have famine, your money's no good. Yeah. So, so I just came from this space of, like, we should be all doing this. And I, I just remember, and it was a very divine moment, and I can tell you, like, this is like, I felt like the moment that I felt like I was collaborating with God. And um, I marched into this Whole Foods and I was asking for the GM. The GM ends up coming out. And again, I went to the number one store because I'm like, this store makes the most money and all the Whole Foods, I want them first because that means they have the most products. They have the most everything. And they have, and there's no excuse, right? Like you guys are doing well. There's no excuse. It's not a store that's hurting for anything. And long story short, talk to this guy and of course when i first talked to him there's all this resistance of, of like you know every reason you know everyone is so prepared to energetically resist helping and loving it's just it's a job in itself like it's less energy just giving into each other and helping each other yeah but that's a whole nother uh, problem that we'll work on no today. no I'm, but, but i am glad you brought that up because that you're right because i um as a person sitting in meetings trying to come from a like it just makes sense to do it. Like you said, where's your heart? It's like they, the resistance was so strong that the only way sometimes to be like, okay, let's, let's try it like this. Do you understand? And, do you understand that doing the right thing is a good thing? Like, you know, but then they start to be like, this feels good. I'm like, you know why it feels good is because you let down your guard, man. <laughs> like, you, let down, you like, you know, go ahead. A hundred and no, a hundred and ten. Like, you know? and, and I had this situation where it was an informal meeting because I did it right in there. And I was like, you're going to listen to me. And because <laughs> I was like talking about the amount of people that are hungry and long story short, there was like this resistance. And he was kind of like, well, we can see what we can do. Long story short, he says that. And then like my eyes are starting to well, like swell up in, in um, like tears because I'm about to cry, but I'm trying to hold them in. So I'm trying not to blink. And right when it happens, security tackles this man in the front like right when i'm talking to him security tackles this man and one guy like grabs his arms back and they grab what he steals and the man steals food oh wait and in that moment like right in front of us and i just start crying and i'm like like you see like people wouldn't be stealing if they had the pride and resources to walk in and pay you guys this man is stealing just to survive and when I said that, it happened right, like right when I'm talking about this, because there was this resistance and this man was just getting food. And then the, the GM literally, after what I had said, he runs to the guy and was like, don't arrest him because they were going to take him to jail. Mm, mm, and mm. he was like, no, no, let him go. And I'm crying. Like at this point, I'm just <laughs> crying like a mess. Like I'm just upset because I'm like, and I look at him and I'm like, right now, this man stole food, almost had a record. And you're, there's someone in your store throwing away gallons of fruits and vegetables right in the back. Mm, mm. And when I said that to him, he literally told, after he, I said that he was like, 
I was like, this has to stop. Like, you guys can't criminalize people who are starving. You're lucky they're not robbing you guys. And I was like, you know, be grateful that people are asking grac- graciously when they are suffering. They are trying. Like, ima- And I told him, imagine sitting outside of a store every day and your view is all this food and your stomach is eating itself. And you're out front just hoping someone will bring you something or be kind enough to look at you for you to ask for something, anything. Imagine standing there, like, think about like how painful that is. I was like, every time I have to walk into a store and a man standing outside of it, and there's like five feet from him having food mm, mm, mm. Wow. and having nothing. And no one says anything. I'm not talking about save. You can't save anyone, but you're talking about food in front of you and you're hungry. Do you know what that feels like? Like, like, do you know what that feels like? And in that moment, so long story short, that happens. And that's how I started my partnership with Whole Foods because he was just like, okay, like we're going to figure this out, blah, 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 blah. And then obviously I had to do a couple other like intense things. But <laughs> right. when that when that happened, he was like, any person that's homeless in this area, if you ask them, if you tell them to ask for me, I will let them get the hot bar and comp it. Wow. 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 But I mean, <sighs> there's there's so much going on in what you did though because like it kind of just shows them like do you understand that you don't have to waste and like we can take care of people you know what i mean and like there's so many just uh, there's so much opportunity to give and love is all i'm basically saying and it's just and right it all happened right in front of him with you like you're the conduit (laughs) <laughs> no, it was one of those yeah. things and it was weird because when I went to leave I was like, "Yes, God, you did that." Like I was <laughs> yeah. like because I'm like, "No, it looks it looked unreal." Because I'm saying that then this man st- steals food in front of me. like it's just it was so divine. Right. That's what, what I, I was going to use. Crying too because it was like I was crying too because I felt like I my ideas a lot of people until until they become a thing, you sound crazy. I've sound crazy for so long. I, you know, it's like I didn't get on like the the plant based vegan train yesterday. I've been vegan for 15 years, half my life, and I've been from day one. Our food has always been vegan before it was even called vegan. Like we just said, we we, we distribute fruits and vegetables. Like it wasn't even called <laughs> vegan. You know, it's like we were that before it was. So it's like when I was saying that, they're like, "Wait a minute, you mean to tell me like even." Even Skid Row, like we've looked crazy in so many areas where he, like in the beginning, now they love healthy food. But in the beginning, they were like, this girl likes to feed us like rabbits. <laughs> like all the old vets would be like, here she go again with all this salad. Right. And, and I'd be like, you're going to eat this because it's all I got. So what you going to do about it? Right. Like, so we're, we've always been in the space, but I've always been pushed in these spaces because everywhere I've looked, I look crazy. I look crazy for bringing all this healthy food to Skid Row and brands they've never heard of. And they're like, they're trying to read the package. Like, what right. are you giving us? <laughs> then I look crazy to like Whole Foods because they're like, wait a minute. You mean you want like our, you, you wait, you want like adaptogens and like I do like ashwagandha uh, yeah. whole group of them and stuff. And they look at me like, wait a minute. And it's great now. Like I have partners like Sun Potion and I'm getting like organic adaptogens and, and I can give them all these superfoods. But in the beginning, I look crazy because it's like, what do you mean you want this? And I'm like, I'm going to make them cold brew. And they're like, what? Then our like coffee. And then like working with our um, our milk partners, Califia. They're like, wait, yes. you're doing all plant-based for them? Like, I've always looked so crazy. 
And I had to realize, like, you have to understand if you are a visionary, yeah, you're given the vision. Don't expect anyone to see it. <laughs> yeah, nobody. <laughs> I no mean, one. Nobody. I look crazy. When I opened this bodega, you have to understand, when I went to all my partners, they thought I was being crazy again. Because they're like, wait a minute. So now you want to go against our price point. Right. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you know, all those events you sponsor and do free free products for and you give out free stuff don't tell me we can't sell it for a dollar if you can give it away for free there you go <laughs> so i challenged so many things and i look so crazy i remember like even health aid i worked with them and they were like Berea, are you really selling our health aid for two dollars i said yeah sometimes it's two for a dollar and, like, and it was like i was like it depends on our flash specials <laughs> And I'm sure all of everyone we've ever worked for hates us to a degree in the beginning till they realize the importance, till they come around to see it. Right. And that literally happened to me the other day where how they called me and was like, I'm so sorry. Like they had to apologize to me. And (laughs) it was interesting because I'm like, it's, it's, uh, our thinking is so conditioned. Right. And I think anytime you're a visionary, you have to really be okay with expanding people's minds and understand that vision supersedes their view mm. <laughs> and that's what i've had to learn and i didn't know that i had no idea because everything i've done no one they just thought i was so crazy even with yoga like we um have a yoga studio that obviously can't be opening because of covid now but three doors down from my bodega i got a second space and it's a yoga studio for like five dollar yoga reiki breath work everything's five dollars and it's for the community. And obviously anyone that's experiencing homelessness can come here for free and kids are free. Um, but it's just these radical things that no one understands until it's understood and being okay with that. Like I have to be okay. I look crazy everywhere, everywhere. I look crazy from going from entertainment to Skid Row. Mm-hmm. Like I look crazy. Like, wait, you left Beverly Hills to be on Skid Row? Like, it, everyone scratches their head at me in every corner of my life, in every area. There's not a place that they're just like, oh, I get it. I feel like my mom in heaven gets it now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It took her. It took her leaving <laughs> to, to tell her, "Can you give relay this message?" So you got to get to a point where, like, whatever you're trying to do, if it's a vision, if there's no point of reference, I couldn't give a point of reference because what I've done is not something that has been done before. And I didn't really think about it. I just knew it needed to be done. And I knew it was in my heart. And I knew it came from a higher place. And it was bigger than me. I just needed to be the vehicle and the driving force. I mean, think about, there's there's a lot there's a lot going on there. First of all, think about her on the other side being like, oh, <laughs> like, dang. <laughs> like, that's some yeah. elevated, okay, okay. So you're saying that I need to learn from her? Like, how's this work? <laughs> you know, no. Yeah, but I, exactly. But um, what I was also going to say is, What's so cool about what you're doing? So I'm I'm new to plant based. I'm about six months in. Um, I do notice the difference um, a lot, uh, a lot actually, um, from skin to brain capacity to ev- everything. Just mm-hmm. energy levels, um, you know, emotion, everything, everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I'd, I'd already been off of dairy anyways for a couple of years, so that to me that was already easy in terms of getting rid of dairy. Um, and then I've been off of gluten, but like, but I took it now to the plant base. And what I was gonna say is, what's cool is that you're taking, um, people who normally a are already having hard access to food, but even more so to quote unquote privileged food because of the pricing on these type of really good things, and you're actually giving them 
really, really good stuff that not only are they becoming nourished and getting the food intake that they need, but how much it's also affecting their health, their mind, like almost taking them out of the cloudiness that they might also be experiencing from just life being life to them. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, there's so much good that you're actually, you're, 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 you're nourishing their, their soul. You're nourishing their, their, their mind, their body. Like that's, that's really what you're doing. That's why I, I dig why you mind, body and soul. Like it's goes way beyond just, I'm just feeding them food. Um, you're like able to take away a lot of what's happening with their bodies internally like disease, 100%. disease 100%. And, and, and negativity and toxins and, you know, um, brain fog and like all this stuff, you're, you're like nourishing them to actually like, I mean, the entire world needs that, <laughs> you know, even people who are in privileged positions that are like, you know, yeah, 100%. you know, yeah. My, but, my dad needs that, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, people who like, you know, have cancers and have this and I'm not, now I'm not saying that that's, that'll only alleviate it. I'm just saying that like, a lot of, I had to learn this from a lot of really great friends over the last so many years, just getting into nutrition, like how much nutrition really, you know, it is the defining factor of our life and our livelihood. It's our temple. It's our temple. Like, there you go. And it's like, you know, it's one of those situations where it's like so many of the bricks are laid for us. We just have to really, yeah. you know, understand yes. like what's being said, what's present. It's like, yeah, it is our temple. And it is important to connect with, everything just on a, a cellular level yes. and it's yeah I mean I, I started my plant-based journey when I was 19 mm. Mm. and I'm 32 now and um it was one of those things where it was in my meditation I heard it and I didn't even know like I didn't even like I now grasp the concept fully I didn't even know why I just heard it in my spirit and my spirit just moved away from me it was like nope Mm -mm, that's not a thing. Mm. And it was crazy because I mean, when I, when I went on that journey and I was 19 years old, I did raw for six months. Mm. I did a complete, like, I, it's just crazy. It was just like, it was almost like my body and spirit was preparing me to not even, you know, before it was too late being 19 and having not ate healthy prior to that, you know, like not really. And um, it changed everything. At 19, my temperament, everything that I felt like I needed to transmute, I figured out how to transmute energy mm -hmm. that early because a lot of it came from food. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know, hormones, food. Like, you just, you feel it. And, you know, your body going against you because you're not even giving it what it needs to operate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? It's like your body's slowly starving and, and, and dwindling away because it literally needs certain things. And our alarms are so disconnected because the food we're putting in, it's so foreign to it. It's like our bodies are forgetting how to function because it doesn't even know what it's processing, what it's doing because right. it's not connected to like plants and, and life and DNA and everything, you know, on that level. So it is very uh, powerful when people do. I mean, I've seen it like on Skid Row. When I tell you in the beginning, like I had to learn because <laughs> there was a lot of trial and error um, because I had been plant-based for so long the first time I brought them like cayenne, lemon, pepper, agave, maple, <laughs> cold, uh, cold pressed <laughs> juices, they were like, she's going to kill us. Right. You no, know, because they didn't know. It's like you're used to like a Snapple or an Arizona iced tea. Right. And I give you this and they, you're 
chugging it because I'm like trying to tell you, wait, wait, there's cayenne in that. Right. And oh, no. everyone's coughing on the block. Oh, wow. So and I'm like, oh my God. Like there were so many of those moments and I like, we make uh, black lemonade and it's like activated charcoal. Then they're like, oh, they were like, oh no, she's bringing us a black drink. Like, right, like, right. She's trying, I can see how they like, you know, they don't, they don't know otherwise. So like, what are you really doing? Looking at me crazy. <laughs> and then it was so incredible because in those moments, I, I was already, already prepared for the resistance. So I was already mm -hmm. breaking down what it was, what it tastes like. I remember the first time convincing everyone to drink kombucha. Now they love it. But convincing everyone to drink kombucha, I'm like, it's if tea and beer had a baby. There you go. <laughs> That's actually a very and, good analogy. And you know? everyone was like, oh, tea, beer, great. Yeah, cool, got it. Awesome. So, And it became this thing. And they're like, oh my God, my stomach feels better. Like, And it's been so beautiful to watch people heal. Yes. Where, yes. It, it, and it got crazy because now, like, I have, like, again, like, steak and potato, like, war vets. <laughs> war vets. Men in Vietnam talking about, baby, just give me arugula. And I'm like, yes. We have <laughs> won the fight. Because there's these moments where it's like, now they feel the direct effect. Mm. To the point where it was beautiful to let them discover it. Like, it was one of those, I'm just bringing food and I'm nourishing them. And allowing them to decide what it's doing for them. And then being like, do you know? Or, and like, even the realization that they'll say to me, they're like, your food is the only food that doesn't make us sick. Yup. Oof, and you, you, need, to, you then, need to catch that on video recording. <laughs> just no, <so>. and it's, <laughs> and, and it's, and no, it's crazy. I mean, I have so many videos where they talk about that, where they're like, you completely change the way I eat. Some of them are like, yeah, I don't even want like other stuff anymore. Cause they're like, like there's to the point where sometimes they'll be like, we'll wait two days before if, if we can wait to have your food. Cause we don't even want to get sick. Yeah. There you go. And it's crazy because they have this. I mean, I don't say these things. I just tell them what we what we make and like what it's good for. And then they decide and they're like, it really did help. And they're not going to hold you back because sometimes I have to tell them, like, you're not eating this for taste. You're eating this for health. Like we have these things where it's a code where I let them know, no, this this tastes good. This is our vegan comfort food. You know, when I'm making them um, like vegan chili with mm. tater tots and things like that, then we're like, OK, it's comfort food day. Then I'm like, mm-mm. This is strictly for health. <laughs> like I have to tell them, but now they get it. You know what I mean? Like now they're like, oh yeah, like that makes sense. Well, like, cool. okay. It's and it's and it's it's really cool because they understand it and yes. they're just like, you guys want us to be healthy. You yes. want us to feel better. And you see it, they're like, now they love green juice. They're like, I have so much energy. Like they never, they never understood that because for them, energy was a candy bar. You know, mm. it was sugar. It was like, oh, need something real quick. But it's like, you only know what you know. Yes. Yes. You know? yes. So, and so they've never had these things. So, and then it's been really cool because we've brought like, like really dope, like famous chefs out to do our parties. We usually like work with like Top Chef and all the Iron Chef, all those shows and bring out chefs and stuff to make these like five-star meals. But it's creating these experiences that are all connected to tangible love. But I mean, you know? yeah, huh? no, I was saying, but it, but it, but it makes sense. Like, and, uh, you know, you're, they're recognizing it is love and they're also recognizing like they're getting educated on health and that, 100%. and then, and then they're learning balance as well. Like, no, it's comfort food day. No, it's this day, you know? And then, mm -hmm. so there's just, there's so much happening from the direct effects of what you're doing. Um, it's amazing. I, I wanted to ask you, like, what do you have coming up? Like, is there anything new that you want to share with everybody? Like, you know. Um, well, I'm going into post-production for my documentary for Skid Row. Awesome. So that's like something I'm I'm doing our our love letter. 
I just finished writing a book. So it'll be, it goes to print in September. I, um, I only want a copy of that when I come straight to your bodega and I want to spend, yes. I want to spend a day uh, um, like working with you. Oh my God, please do. We always, that's always welcome. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I just finished a book, of course, called Love Without Reason, the subtle art of giving a fuck. So <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so it's in response right. to all this liberation of not caring. Right, right, like, right. Mm, mm -hmm. We know mm -hmm. how we know where that led us. So let's try the opposite and see how far that can take us. Right. Uh, so this book is a response to kind of that, like where we're at, you know, because yeah. we didn't get here from loving. Um, so kind of undoing that. And then um we're in the process of getting our first uh bodega truck. That's awesome. So we'll have like a beverage truck to be able to to post up in communities that don't have access, that don't, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that's just kind of been our focus is expanding, um, bringing more resources um, through what we've been doing. And my love letter to Skid Row, because I mean, the DACA is very important to me because this is history, you know, yeah, and as yeah. gentrification happens, as downtown changes, it's starting to be erased. And I think it's so important that um, people know about this community, know about just, I mean, even just the profound influence it's had on my life and my perspective. Like I got here because of them and from their love, from their perspective, from their deep understanding, you know, I feel like their experiences, that pain has showed me so much in life and, and honoring that and, and creating more spaces um, to help. That's just kind of been my focus. It's like one foot in front of the other. Those are the projects we currently have, but it's just, it's an everyday thing. Every day we have to show up every day we have to do something. And that's been kind of like my focus. I'll go to, I'll be on Skid Row later today. A lot of times, like I'll just drive there for an hour just to go by, make sure everyone has water, just to check on our community to make sure that they're okay. You know? So it's, it's, it's a constant thing. doesn't matter how many people I feed, they're hungry tomorrow. So I really want to, you know, alleviate this problem. I think uh, it what's beautiful is as far in as you are, I see this beautiful uh, aspect of just just only the beginning for how far it'll really go. Because like, yes, the gentrification, yes, history is happening and you are now a part of history and what you're doing with Skid Row. And as you're getting and gaining healthier and healthier people, the world at larger in a larger capacity will look to you for also nourishing them as well. So I think that the, I think that the responsibility yeah. is only at the beginning for how far you're about to go. <laughs> oh, so, I appreciate that. So, it's so funny. I, it's so weird because I can I can envision everything but my own life. <laughs> so, like it's so weird because I can see exactly where I need to walk and drive. Every time, like if I'm told something like that, or like I. Like, it's it's so funny because every time something it. happens, all, all even our team looks at me like, "Why are you so surprised?" I'm like, yeah. "This is so cool." No, every time, I'm the same way. I get it. Happens, they're like, "They're like, you wrote a book." I was like, "Girl, I'm just as surprised as you." <laughs> like, when did I? I don't even know when I did that. I what, what happened? What literally, happened? I just woke no, up. I literally, I literally don't. Every time we do something, I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like, yeah. I don't realize because I get so wrapped in it. Like, I'm in it. Like. A hundred percent, all money in, like I'm in. And so when something happens, I literally, when I step back, I'm like, holy crap, did we just do that? 
every time like to yeah. the point where like i'm sure my team is annoyed by me because i'm always like i'm so shocked they're like you're still shocked i'm like yes this is wild like every time we do something and like i take a step back and look i have a baby breakdown i'm like crying because i'm like wow this is beautiful I but think- you just don't you don't know you know you don't know it's like when you're painting you don't know till you step back and look at the whole thing that's true and everybody else can see the light that's coming out so it's like it's easy for them to see the the they're at the 30,000 foot view you're in it and it's so easy to be like yeah this is what's going to happen you're like yeah cool cool I'll, I'll let you know when it does yeah okay sure <laughs> and then you yeah, just keep going that's and you're like literally where I'm at yeah. I'm always in that space exactly you know? that's always where I am and I'm just like oh wow well, like that's cool. I think, yeah. Even when I'm at the bodega, I'm like, this is this is a happy space. Like every time I come in, I'm like, because it is like you see people dancing, smiling, and now that we have like soft serve, ice, like vegan ice cream, people are really oof. being crazy, and so it's just like it's it's really cool. Like it's it's beautiful because I feel like I'm on the journey too. Yeah, you are. You really are. And, 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 <laughs> but I feel and, like I'm watching it. I'm like, look at God go. You no, know, I, I I think it's amazing what you're doing, and I you know I wanted to tell you because I know we got to wrap up, but like I wanted to tell you like um, I tell all the guests too, you're welcome to come back on anytime. I would love for you to like continue to to come on, you know, maybe even make it oh, a yeah. you know, quarterly, uh, yearly thing, you know. Yeah, <laughs> Just, I'm down. I'm so down. You know, I would because I because I think especially during the times that we're living through, I think it's so important to have these kind of conversations and kind of bring a lot more light to to where we're heading, not what we're going through. You know what I'm saying? Even though what we're going through has to happen and we're all here to help love and support and move movements forward. There's a like we also have to provide a lot of light for current situations because where we're heading is much better. It's much greater. It's it's a little messy for a while. And and they need, you know, and we're no, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough, but it's it's important. Yes. It's like let it let it all come to light and surface cuz you know, you cannot fix what you will not face. That's exactly it. That's that's 100% and and boy is the world seeing it at large all on the surface like, hey, here's here's our shit. Here's everything. On a, <laughs> like, but on a daily basis, I'm uh-huh. like Yep. I'm looking. No, I'm like it's. <laughs> they're in the ring and they oh, losing yeah. the battle. Yeah. It's one of those. I'm like, I'm like, oh, was that another uppercut? Whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh yeah, that's true too. I'm like, oh, oh. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, no, me too. I'm like, whoo. Like, you know. I'm like, right now, I don't know. Spirit's not having it. No. I'm telling you, <laughs> no. spirit is not having it. <laughs> like, <that's> so true. <laughs> oh man, you know. But but uh, you know, and, and there's this balance, of course, I'm having of the we always show empathy versus I told you so. Uh, well, I had to learn that I told you so doesn't even exist because by the time it gets to and I told you so, you're always you're already kind of like now you have the empathy because you worked through it yourself. So you're like, oh yeah, no, you're going to be going through this. It's it, it's normal. You're going to be all right. But at the same time, like seeing where the uppercuts needed to be had and like not being like pointing like, haha, like look at you. But at the same time being like, okay, like hopefully this grounds you now. This like brings you back to, you know, and if not, at least it'll it'll it's got to go it's it's not going where we're going into this next phase of life it's just not coming yeah. with us you know so that's a whole other conversation but uh <laughs> yeah but no it, no it's true though but we i mean it's i mean it's daily it's rapid yep it's right very... now i'm like whoa like yes. i'm so like i'm blessed now because i feel like before i was sounding crazy again and then now i'm like i ain't gotta say anything yes Nope, nothing. I'm like, spirit, nothing. Spirit, oh, spirit got this. Oh I mean, yeah. As an activist who always has to talk, I haven't had to say a thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, no. It's that that look of like fantastic. I, I agree. It's like that look that you just like, 
you know, kind of give the, like the shoulder shrug, like, no, no, like, I kind of said that about five years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, Lorraine, this was amazing. Where can everybody find you online? Oh, my Instagram is Lorraine, Lorraine's Bodega, and Lunch On Me. Our website is lunchonme.org. Amazing. Um, you're welcome back on any time. I, I made sure to Oh my God, you. I would love that. I, I made sure and you to... have to let me know when you come to LA. You have to, you, you have to come to Skid Row. It's a whole different experience when you come with our, our crew. No, I, I, I want to. Actually, um, I'm hopefully going to be out there uh, in the fall, just pending, you know, okay. everything going on. <laughs> so I, I personally can come. I can get my car right now and come there. But, you know, I'm, I'm waiting on <laughs> waiting on a few things here to see, uh, like, what what's the, you know, yeah, you know. What's the verdict? Yeah, what's the I'm verdict like, on a daily basis, we, right? Look, we've had to look. We've had to work every single day, so we're like, here we go. Oh yeah, oh I yeah. Haven't had a day off. Yeah, I don't yeah. Even, likewise. I, I forget people. I'm like, are people still quarantining? I can't even remember. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Outside well, of us being boots on the ground. Yeah. No. It's uh. So I, I'm. So I'm there with you. So I'd love to come out there, uh, do a, a full day with you or two or three. I don't. What? However many. It yes. doesn't matter to me. Uh, I just would love to just do it. And then um. Yeah, and you're welcome back on any time. I, I made sure to I'm following you. I'm following your journey now on Insta and you know, I'll, I'll make sure we're gonna we're gonna talk here in a second offline. But uh I just I really appreciate everything you're doing and I love the space from which you're doing it in. Um and it's beyond sometimes what everybody what a lot of people may not be able to see, but they can sure feel it. And I think that that's like that's why it's quote unquote successful because it's coming from a whole other place that like we're hoping more come into that space, you know? Uh-huh. So, Thank you. Uh, so, yeah. So I appreciate everything that you're doing and, uh, you know, and, and thank you. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. Absolutely. Everybody uh, sit back one second. Everybody else is listening. Go, you can go on Instagram, um, at Lorea, L A R A Y I A. And then that'll link to her other, um, her other, uh, accounts like lunch on me and the bodega, um, and then lunchonme.org, correct? Yes. Awesome. Um, just follow this woman. Don't even, don't even question me. <laughs> don't even <laughs> question me. Don't even, you guys, like, know, all of you that are listening, you know how I feel about people. And uh, when I uh, turn you guys on to somebody new or something that may, maybe a lot of you, I, I, I do know a lot of you, actually, I saw a few people I know that follow you, Lorraine. So I'm like, okay, they are aware. But everybody else, just go follow uh-huh. this woman. Um, please reach out to her. You know, if you're ever willing in the area, if you're in the area and you want to help out in some way, please help support what she's doing because this stuff is really really important like it's more of what we're here to do so you know um and it'll give you a much greater perspective outside of you know the junk feeding us online sometimes (laughs) so you know you know so we won't go there right now but but um (laughs) but lorea i i absolutely appreciate you hang back one second um for for lorea gaston and uh, Lunch on Me uh, and uh, Lorea's Bodega. Be sure to check her out. For myself, Matt Gottesman, and for The Hustle Sold Separately, we are out.